it rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Did you know that Homie assigns a whole team of realtors and specialists to sell your home for a flat 1500 bucks? That means thousands of dollars in hypothetical realtor commissions back into your pocket. That's innovative. That's fair. That's a company who's got your back. That's Homie. Gordon, uh, some very interesting things uh, happening in California, and we have uh, kept our eye on this story since, well, what was it, a couple of months ago? when this bill was basically uh, brought forth to the uh, California legislature that would basically make it uh, legal or I, I guess change the rules of amateurism in the state of California that, that collegiate athletes could make money off of their likeness. Yes. Uh, well, recently it has sailed through the California State Assembly – Seventy-three to zero. Yeah, seventy-three to zero. You can't get seventy-three people to agree on anything, can you? Well, except for this. On Monday, it will now head back to the California State Senate, where it will go through a second vote. The first vote in the State Senate passed thirty-one to five, and then if it passes there, it will go to the governor of Gavin. Uh, go to the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, uh, where he would be expected to sign it into law. It would be. Uh, it would. Be effective January 1st of 2023. And so this would effectively uh, eliminate all the California schools from NCAA participation because for some cockamamie reason, the NCAA is deciding that the best way to handle this is to confront it head on and object to it. I don't understand why they just don't come around. What's the big deal? What is the big deal with allowing college athletes to profit off their own likenesses? Um, I think they believe that their their in, entire structure is at risk, which I actually believe that too. You think this is just the the first mm-hmm. kind of right chunk? I do, and I don't think that the that colleges can pay these athletes, so. I don't think college sports will exist if this gets far enough down the road. Boy, do you think oh, – okay, so what? what's the likelihood in your lifetime, Jake, that college sports will no longer exist? Well, this is certainly going to speed it up. Do you think this spells the end of college sports, really? Eventually. I think the, if the ball gets rolling because amateurism, whether you like it or not, is what makes college sports exist. Why not just? Ex- why not just allow it? I mean, if if that comes to the forefront, you don't think that that can stand on its own? You think that something else will come along and then something else and then something else and then they'll end up having to pay? Yeah, I think, you know, if you cross this, uh, if you... So, in this country, you get a fair day's wager for a fair day's work, Right. Unless you're a college athlete. And it, there has to be some sort of workaround for that not to be the case. And the workaround in this case is amateurism. 
Uh, so that's your if interpretation. The, if the dam breaks uh, and all of a sudden there is a, a, a hole in that exception, then that exception is going to go away because technically it does violate uh, uh, the basic belief and right in this but country. That, but there have been other protections for various endeavors. Like, didn't Major League Baseball have some exemption from some rule for a long, long time? Well, we've talked about this before. Technically, a draft in professional sports yeah. should be illegal, but they collective they collectively bargain it that that they can do it. Okay, so let me let me say it this way: If this was the end of it, not the end of it. If this was contained to just allowing college athletes to profit off their likenesses, and that is what this really was about, and that's where it began and it ended. Would you be for it? Uh, no, because I think it makes things unfair. Unfair? And I think How part so? of what the NCAA wants is things to be fair. How, unfair in what way? Because people who go to higher profile universities will be compensated more. Uh, and that makes well, recruiting no, because, unfair. No, but if you have a great, a great player at the University of Utah... Uh, he, they don't have uh, as much value to a brand as a great player at USC. Uh, Fact. Uh, it, it depends. Because L.A. is bigger and they're a higher profile. Who has more value to the, the television companies? Utah or USC? USC, by far. It's it's the same concept. Mm, it's exactly the same. I, I, I'm not sure that it would be Who exactly would bring more value to the brand, say, let's, let's say a shoe company, let's say Adidas? Who would bring more value to that brand? The quarterback uh, of Utah uh, uh, or the quarterback wait, wait. of USC? It depends. It doesn't depend. If Zion Williamson had gone to the University of Utah, he would have been worth a t- his likeness would have been worth a ton. So you but pick- he went to Duke instead, and I think if he went to Utah, it may take a little more time, but once people saw the athlete and saw what he was capable of doing, I think that his likeness would be worth uh, plenty. You picked the one guy, the number one draft pick in the NBA, well, and an athlete that we haven't seen anything you, like ever. You, no, so you true. picked the one of the one. It's, it's, like, it's, uh, it's like I love it when people bring up Jimmer when they say, when they talk about uh, a college athletes getting jobbed what about jimmer it's like you pick the one guy the one dude what about everybody else well all i was trying to do by using that example was to isolate your claim that he wouldn't be as worth as much at one place as the other it's not a claim it's a fact okay zion williamson at utah would he have been worth what he was worth at Duke. Who would be worth more to a company uh, right now? Your boy Slovis at USC hold on, hold on, or, wait, 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 or whoa, Huntley? Whoa, whoa. Answer my first question. No, I'm disregarding the Zion thing Why? because you're bringing up the 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 no, no, one tenth of one percent of everybody who plays college sports. The school it isolates the location. There's there are very few athletes that have can have transcendent brands regardless of where they play. There are very few. In fact, I think you can count them historically maybe on one hand. And maybe Zion's one of those. Fine. But what about everybody else? 
Maybe something could be included in a provision that would level that out. Tyler Huntley has one more than Slovis has. Tyler Huntley has better stats. He has more yards. He's probably the better player at this point. But who would have more value to a brand, Tyler Huntley or Slovis, who's played one game? Oh, uh, Slovis, not, no, no, big time. Not, not yet. Yes, not, about not, brand no, value. No, yes, no, not yet. Slovis has not columnists in Salt get, Lake writing could, about so him. So what? That's because they're playing Utah and BYU over the next two weeks. That's the reason I wrote about it. I never would have written about that if they weren't facing the two local teams. Did you write about Tennessee's quarterback? Because Tennessee wasn't playing the two teams. It wasn't connected to the teams And I said that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I think you understand what I'm saying. I I just don't agree with it. Because the kid could get hurt in the next game. And what happens if that happens? Then then who's going to shell out a bunch of money? for? I I think a a player would have to establish himself in a certain way before his likeness would really be worth all that. But the very thing I'm talking about, to bring this, this conversation kind of back down to earth a little bit, the very thing I'm talking about is the very reason that California has leverage in all of this and it, why it's very important to what's going on that it's California being the state why? that's doing this. Why? Because brands pay a lot of money to the NCAA to air their product. Yeah. A lot of money. So CBS, for example, pays billions to air the NCAA tournament, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So what would prevent the NCAA from saying, hey, California schools, have a nice day. We don't need you. Because CBS would pitch a fit because they they need California for their product, okay. for their televisions, because California is, where, is the most populous state in the country. Because California is worth more than Nebraska. If this was the Nebraska legislature, they'd say, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Have no, a good no, one. No, no, they wouldn't. Absolutely no, they, they wouldn't, would. Because it's, other states would come around. This is just the beginning of that. Absolutely, it's important that California is first. 100%. Because it takes away the NCAA's legisl- uh, uh, leverage because it's California we're talking okay. about. All right. Because they, right. it's more valuable okay. than Nebraska. All right. Because I, they're more people there okay. and more businesses there and that more money mean, there that doesn't necessarily mean that uh okay is the is the quarterback at cal state fullerton suddenly going to be worth more than the quarterback at uh at, at a Kansas? comparable school yes no at no, cal no, state no, fullerton no. compared to weber state yeah. yeah well yeah but cal yes. state fullerton's a much bigger school than weber state but put it on the level the same level it, it wouldn't it wouldn't cal state fullerton would be worth more than kansas the quarterback at Kansas, just in and of itself. Because, look, I live down there. People don't care about Cal State Fullerton football. Right. But the but the, you're actually proving my point that different schools are better for your brand than others, and you'd be well, worth you have more, to be, and you, you would be you paid have, more. You have to be good. You, you have would, to. Here's the bottom line. You have to be good. If you're good, remember when uh, remember when Ben Roethlisberger was at where was he Ball State or Ohio or something? He was at Miami at, of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, and he was a great player. Right, and people knew that. There, the, all of a sudden, it's good. All the great, all the great players are going to end up going to the schools that can pay them the most. Mm. And it's not coming through the school. I realize that, but uh, but uh, 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 L A. Oh, I don't know. What do you? What do? You, what do you, example do you want to use? A, a company in L.A. will pay more money than a company in Salt Lake to sponsor a player, and it's basically going to be bribing players to go to different schools. Yeah, but but you're doing it over under the what? guise of they're, a sponsorship. But they're not going to do that unless it's it's worth it to them to do that. 
What does that mean? Well, they're not going to just willy-nilly throw a bunch of money at some player who may has not proved himself. So I'm saying that if a player, maybe I have more, maybe I have more faith in what an athlete can accomplish at Utah as opposed to a California school. Uh, you know, someone can go in and be successful. Zach Moss would be would is valuable regardless of what school he plays for. Okay. So that's but what his, I'm saying would be, but his, I'll, now I'll it's, have a leveling effect on what you're saying. It's not just about being good anymore. It's about building your brand. When you bring money into it, it's about building your but, brand. But if it, and if you, you can have a bigger it, brand at some universities than others. Well, that's if, a fact. Well, if you're good, I don't think it would matter. I think the Zion Williamson example works in a lot of ways at a lot of places. Because Zach Moss is one hell of a running back, mm-hmm. and companies know that. And fans know that. And there maybe, are, maybe maybe there's some truth to what you're saying. I don't know. I haven't studied that out, Plus, Jake. there are and more I'm fans. I'm not sure that anybody has really at this point. It doesn't really matter how many fans there are. If you're a running back at SMU, I mean, you're yeah, you're in the Metroplex down there, but that's not necessarily going to make you valuable. It's not just about population size. It's about the brand of the schools, too. You're you're gonna you're gonna have a higher brand playing at Ohio State than you would at Utah, because one Ohio State has way more fans, so you're gonna have a higher value to companies at certain universities than others. I don't I don't understand how we're getting bogged down on this. I don't even understand how that's debatable. I, I, I suppose it could be under certain circumstances, but I I, I just believe that athletes will be able a, a good a really good athlete. Uh, would be able to to prosper with his likeness at Utah as well as at uh, Florida State. But we're talking about financial comp- compensation. We're, in fact, we're talking about paying these kids before they've even done anything on the field because that's going to happen too. We all just think how, it, how is that going to happen? Because you see a good recruit that goes to a high school in Los Angeles, yeah. California. Yeah, but and, nobody knows what he can, whether he can really play or not. So I don't. It think, doesn't matter. I, I don't think money's just going to be tossed around on some sort of guess. It already is. It already is with recruiting. It already is being tossed around on some sort of guest. You're going to go to five-star recruit. What what are we talking about here? Are we talking about companies paying players? Yes. Okay, but I I don't think players, I don't think companies will do that the way some boosters might. It's going to be the same. That that line is going to totally be gone. I, let's, I don't let's know. Talk I about, can't say for well, sure let me one explain. way or the other. Let me explain for a second. Let's take T. Boone Pickens for, for an example. Rest his soul. Just passed away today. Big time booster. He's going to go to a five-star recruit and he's going to say, come to Oklahoma State. By the way, here's a million dollars. I'm going to give to you right now because you're going to be the spokesperson for my oil company. Yeah, but here is, you that, go. is that what we're talking about here? Yes. That's what, That's you what think it's going to turn into, 100%. Sure? How do you know that? What do you mean, how do I know that? That's what's going to happen. I, I, I'm not sure. You that think that it's going to be all uh, come to our university for right now? You're selling your program. This is going to go into paying money. Uh, because they can I, legally not... take it, it's already happening, and now you're making it legal. I'm not sure that every assumption you're making here is true. Maybe it is. I mean, I I haven't uh, (laughs) haven't done some sort of study about how this would go, but... You know, maybe, maybe I don't know. Is there a way they could level that playing field? 
Yeah, it's called amateurism, and you don't let it happen. <laughs> let's say, honestly, Ryan uh, from TriDayTrading.com is is in with us, and let's say Ryan, let's say you're a big, uh, you know, uh, let's say you're a big Cougar fan. You guys are down in Utah County. Let's say you're a big right. Cougar fan, and let's say Kalani calls you up because he knows you're a big Cougar fan, and he says, "Hey, we we need this five star quarterback, and we need him bad, and you can sponsor. You have him sponsor TriDayTrading.com, but we need you to give him a million bucks and tell him he has to come to BYU. You." could legally do that if this stuff in california goes through and then all of a sudden you could have him do tri-day trading commercials or not it didn't it wouldn't even matter yeah we don't need amateur sports at that point exactly and but it, but is that the ramification for this particular legislation knowing college coaches what I, do you I'm think just, i I think there there might be a difference and i don't know this for a fact we're guessing here we're projecting here but Maybe that's not what they're talking about. Maybe they're just talking about profiting off the sale of their jersey or something along those lines, as opposed to endorsing products. The only companies. limitation in the in the bill, the only limitation they put on endorsements was for apparel companies that you couldn't compete directly against the school's apparel company. So if you went to UCLA and you wanted to be endorsed by Adidas, you can't do that because they're an Under Armour school. That's it. That's the limit that they put on endorsements. That's it. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But in theory, I like the fact that the this organization that hogs all the money from the players uh, has to – that the players can benefit in some way. And I think the players yeah. are benefiting. Well – in relatively minuscule ways relative to Have the overall dollar figures. Have you seen the football figures. facility up there? I'm talking about, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars that are being generated. Mm. All right. Ryan's here, by the way. Uh, hey. Good to see you. Thank you for participating. We we really uh, we really appreciate it. And we mentioned you guys are a local company. You're down there in Utah County. You're in Lehigh, and you've been there for a long time. I, I get people asking me about you guys all the time. They say, does it really work? And it's like, well, they've been around forever. So, it's, <laughs> so something's working down yeah, there. Yeah, so we've been around for over 10 years, right, completely debt-free. And we feel like we're doing is working for a lot of people, and it continues to work. And, and we've mentioned this before, but um, – we're one of the few companies too that like has a big interest in making sure that it works, you know, because if anybody comes and learns how to day trade with us and gets to use our software, you you get to start out by trading uh, a fund that that's with our money. And we're going to split that. You know, you keep between 60 and 80% of those profits. And so we really want you to, to know what you're doing. We want you to, to be successful because that's how um, we continue to grow. And we we talked about this earlier, too, but I, I think it's really, really important. It's a mutually beneficial relationship because you want many traders to diversify what you're doing, and that's why you give uh, some traders your own funds. Yeah, so with day trading, it's, it's kind of cool as far as schedule goes. You know, you can trade um, any time of the day or night, and you can do that pretty much any time until Friday afternoon. Um, until Sunday afternoon. So you have to take your weekends off, you know? Too bad. That stinks. But <laughs> other than that, you can pop in also and do it for uh, like an hour, you know? And you can be effective in popping in and doing it for an hour around your schedule. But the diversifying comes too because we have people that are going to be doing it at all different times of the day and they're going to be doing it in multiple different markets. So it just makes sense for us to have those people out there and us making money across the board. 
Now, what if I, you know, I know there's a wide scale, like, like what if Gordon's financially savvy and I barely know how to add up 50 cents? Uh, does it work for everybody? Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, people sometimes just have, hear financial markets and they tune out or they heard trading and they tune out. This ultimately is a really simple step-by-step system, and the software that we've created shows you what you need to do. I have not really run into anybody that couldn't come through, sit down, learn the basics, and feel good about it. It really just comes down to whether they want to do this, they see themselves doing it, and if they think they would enjoy it, and I think most people do. All they need to do, get online, trydaytrading.com, and uh, you guys will um, give them more info and take it from there, right? Yeah, so you just... Pick a webinar, and the webinar is where you get to sit at home, watch your screen, and you're going to be able to see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. See the software work. See how how you do this and realize you can do this. Ask any questions you want, and we'll answer them for you. And, of course, don't miss the Jazz Fan Show on Saturdays at noon normally this weekend and next week. It's going to be Friday at 7. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you, guys. All right. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. anything for granted, right? Especially when you are really challenged the way the Utes will be this week against the Bengals. Really challenged. <laughs> Utes couldn't lose this game if they had to run backwards. The Utes could play with their eyes closed and win it. The Utes could play that game with each one of them with a 10-pound weight around their neck. They could play that game with the wrong shoe on each one of their feet and still win. The Utes could play that game and wear fedoras. Instead of helmets? <laughs> I don't know. There's just no way the Utes can lose that game. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's talk a little college football, shall we, Gordo? Yeah, uh, before we get to that, uh, somebody else, uh, one of our listeners said uh, something along the lines that uh, uh, Utah could try it out BYU's football team and beat Idaho State. Mm -hmm. They probably could. Real quick, let me read a couple of these uh, these tweets that are coming in off our discussion previously. Uh, one of our listeners says, uh, uh, going to a better school is just like going to a better company when you're employed. There is nothing wrong with it. It's not unfair. The better the player is, the more they will be worth, and they will end up at the bigger schools. They do anyway. And Cameron says... Jake, you're spot on. I don't know why this is so difficult to understand, Gordon. They will only cause an even bigger divide between the top, middle, low-tier teams. That, that might be true. I get what you're saying. I just don't know how far this will go. And maybe it will be absolutely destructive to the overall process. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the overall effect will be with any certainty. I would I would bet that guys like Jalen Johnson or guys like uh, Jordan um, um, backup running back, why did I Wilmore? Thank you, thank you, Austin. Those guys would never end up at Utah. 
because they would be way more incentivized because they were big-time recruits to go to big-time programs. Unless there's only so many of those schools where that would be the case, and then there would be spillover to other places. So it's already What are you taking, way. cash or playing time? It, you're going to take cash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're not going to be. Are you going to be offered that cash if somebody else? If if you're a high level recruit, you are. You think? Yeah, oh yeah. All right. All right. Uh, he joins us every week. Uh, of course, catch his podcast, College Football Country. You can uh, hear him on uh, WFNZ in Charlotte, but also on Sirius and XM Radio. He's our good friend Josh Parcell. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Have you built the Micah Simon statue yet? <laughs> I think they just, uh, what, Gordon, laid the foundation for that down in Provo. <laughs> I think they're they're getting to work. What'd yeah, you... that was one crazy ending to that game, wasn't it, Josh? Oh, my goodness, man. Good good for you guys. What a, what a thrilling finish. Uh, honestly, probably a little bit more Tennessee losing it than BYU winning it. But, hey, doesn't matter how it happens. Uh, man, I, I couldn't believe Tennessee let that happen, but – Good for BYU. I mean, Kalani Sataki is such a great coach, and, and those guys never quit uh, at BYU. And, and that was the epitome of, of a Sataki game last Saturday night in Knoxville, uh, just driving the stake through the hearts of Tennessee. Great win for BYU. And, hey, uh, what's your reward? But, uh, you know, you get to bring USC to town. Yeah. Real quick, what was the reaction of Tennessee's fan base uh, off that game? Uh, not great. Um, catastrophic even. Um, it's actually funny. I, uh, I tuned in that night to, uh, one of the call-in shows in Knoxville just, just to see, just to see how it was going. And, uh, guys, I mean, it was, it was a massacre on the radio. Uh, I, I heard, uh, I heard one caller call in and call, uh, the quarterback for Tennessee, Jarrett Guantanamo Bay. Um, so it, it wasn't going very well. Um, they, they're not happy in Tennessee, man. And let's face it, like Tennessee is a program that obviously expects championships. I don't think that's very realistic for Tennessee football anymore. I don't think they're uh, an Alabama-type program. They've got a lot of resources, but hard to recruit to Tennessee uh, just given where they are uh, compared to some of the other schools nearby. So uh, Jeremy Pruitt is in a tough spot. I think that he has to do some reevaluating of how he's managing uh, the the upperclassmen in that program right now uh, who have been through a lot. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit too tough on some of those kids who are giving their off in a losing effort. But um, but either way, it's it's a rough time in Tennessee and and right now the Vols are looking at maybe starting one and six. And I I don't want to be anywhere near Knoxville if that happens. You mentioned USC. We do get to see them play BYU this week and then Utah next week. And what you make of them absolutely dismantling Stanford? I mean, I was impressed. I mean, how can you not be? That was that was an awesome game for them. And, you know, sometimes, guys, you just you just stumble into something. And, and they might have stumbled into a quarterback in Keaton Slovis who was great. I mean, tremendous. He you know, leads the country in completion percentage, 83%. He you hardly uh, saw the ball touch the dirt on Saturday night. I think Stanford's a, a good team. I don't think this is a, anywhere close to a vintage Stanford team. And, of course, they were missing you know, their quarterback as well in K.J. Costello. But, I mean, for Slovis to come in and, and light up Stanford, it was incredible. And, you know, that's, uh, that makes this test all that much tougher for BYU this week. And I think for USC, the challenge for them is going to be to sustain excellence throughout – what is going to be a turbulent season. They just, you know, Lin Swan finally steps down. That was 
kind of expected for a while um, here in, you know, or down there in USC. But I think how they're going to be able to sustain this through a tough schedule early on. BYU is a good football team. We saw that. And, of course, Utah even better. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be a test for them. But they've got a lot of talent. That's never the question at USC. This is definitely a bigger challenge uh, for, for BYU, even though it is at home. This is a much tougher test than what Tennessee offered them last weekend. The line is four. Uh, do you think the Cougars really do have a shot to beat the Trojans? What, and what do you think they have to do in order to accomplish that? This is something Jake and I have been talking about. Are you a believer in pressuring the quarterback or dropping guys back in coverage? I think so. In the NFL, I actually think it's better to drop guys back um, and just try to rely on your front four. But in college, especially when you've got a freshman, uh, you want to make him make quick decisions. And by getting pressure onto them, uh, that's how you do that. You know, I've, I've covered and, and followed Virginia Tech for a long time. And, Jake, I'm sure you know this. I mean, Bud Foster has had a ton of success at putting pressure and dialing up uh, a lot of blitzes on young quarterbacks. And, and that's really been proven to be a, a successful strategy a lot of times. So I think at the college level, I think it's more about blitzing, especially on obvious passing downs, you know, second and long, third and long, making him get the ball out of his hands quickly, not allowing him to be able to go through progressions, I think is actually the, the, the smarter play. So I do think that that's something BYU should probably consider, um, is just trying to get after Slovis and, and force him to speed up his decision-making and, and hope for the best. I think the longer that you let USC's athletes, those receivers and backs, um, in space and try to create separation – I do think that that's an advantage for USC. So my strategy, I'm not a coach, but I would try and dial up some pressure and and see if that gets to Slovis and and gets him out of his comfort zone. Josh, is there a team out there in this young season that you've watched that uh, is kind of overperforming what you expected? Wisconsin. Hmm. I I was down on Wisconsin this year. They replaced a lot of offensive linemen, uh, brand-new quarterback, uh, I know Jonathan Taylor is tremendous. Love that guy. I think he's going to be a pro. But um, I, I wasn't sold on Wisconsin being this dominant. I mean, you watch him against South Florida, shutting them out 49 to nothing in week one, and then last week following it up with another just, uh, uh, I mean, annihilation of, of Central Michigan. Uh, not great quality of opponent, but Wisconsin has been thoroughly dominant. And, you know, in a week, they're going to take on Michigan at Camp Randall. If you ask me right now who I believe – has the edge in that game, I say Wisconsin. And I wouldn't have said that a couple weeks ago. So the Badgers are all of a sudden quietly looking like a a legitimate team. And you combine that with, you know, Northwestern not getting off to a great start with their loss to Stanford. Nebraska doesn't look like everything's clicking quite yet in the Big Ten West. I think Wisconsin, yet again, (laughs) it seems like every year we want to doubt them at some point, but I think Wisconsin looks like the class of the Big Ten West right now in what was supposed to be a down year for that division. Josh, uh, Utah playing Idaho State uh, this Saturday. How do you feel about these mismatches? Obviously, Idaho State will take some money away from this. There are upsets that happen at times, but no upset's going to happen here. This is just going to be a wipeout. Uh, how, how do you feel about these games? Uh, I think they're necessary for the health of collegiate athletics. Um, They pay the athletic department's budget for the entire year for a school like Idaho State, and that's important. Um, If we want to keep college athletics alive at the lower levels, these games have to happen. Nick Saban went on a long rant this week yet again about 
you know, they played New Mexico State, and he's getting criticized for playing that game. But there is value in it, and I know the fans don't love to see it, but these players, these college players, whether it's at Utah or Alabama, it doesn't matter, going up against eight, nine Power 5 teams in your conference in a row takes a toll on your body. And if you were to open that up to 12, um, that's very difficult on these kids who are only practicing 20 hours a week and, you know, are also students. I mean, let's, let's face it. I know that some people will, you know, be skeptical of how much, you know, focus is put on, on school versus football. But a lot of these kids are, you know, they're focused on being students as well. I, I just think that these games are necessary to, for, from a financial standpoint for a school like Idaho State. And also, you know, Lincoln Riley made a great point this week, guys, when he was asked about this same subject, and he said, this is the opportunities that we get. We don't have preseason. This is a chance for us to play some of our younger players. You know, remember the NCAA just changed the rule last year that now guys can play up to four games without redshirting. These are the kind of games where that rule comes into play. And, you know, for Utah, this could be a chance to develop some depth at, at important positions, give some younger guys an opportunity to see the field, you know, build up a lead early. And then, you know, it's good for the health of your football team to get some of those guys game reps. So I think that it actually can be a value to these teams, even if we know that it's going to be a blowout, the fans might leave at halftime, the coaches and the players do get a lot out of these games. Josh, real quick before we let you go, Gordon and I were just arguing about this in the last segment, but what do you think about what's going on in California and the legislature basically um, trying to change the rules of amateurism that uh, college players can profit off their own likeness? I'm very glad that it's happening. This pay-for-play bill is uh, is an important thing in college football that I don't think is getting enough attention. I'm glad you guys brought it up. It, it doesn't seem like it has become like a pervasive storyline yet when we talk about college football, but this could change the landscape because I know the NCAA has threatened to, you know, potentially ban California schools from NCAA sanctioned championships and stuff. I really can't see that happening. Um, but if California can pass this, there is legitimate uh, belief out there that it would set the precedent for other states to follow suit. And if that happens, you know, we could be looking at um, a, a, cha- a radical change to the landscape of college athletics. And I think for the good, I've never been a proponent of the schools paying the players. I think that they spend the money on the coaching staff and the facilities. I think that's great. It, it, the Title IX implications of paying football players, and then you also have to pay the, the volleyball team and the soccer team who don't generate the revenue. So I, I've never been a proponent of that. But allowing these guys to capitalize on their likeness, jersey sales, endorsements, local sponsorships, whatever it might be, I think that is an important and necessary step that college football needs to take, and I'm glad that California is trying to make that happen. Josh, what we were arguing over was the overall effect that would have, and I don't know the ins and outs of it enough to know whether it would be an absolute free-for-all or whether there would be some leveling to it because Jake was saying that, well, if a kid goes to USC, he's going to make more than he would if he went to, say, Utah or some other place like that. So do you think there would be a framework in place that they would make it more equal? Um, I hope not. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, the idea behind it is to create a free market. And, I mean, let's face it, guys. I mean, a lot of kids right now are going to USC anyway. Uh, I mean, they're going to go to USC over Utah most of the time because of the resources, because of the tradition, and because of everything else. So, I mean, I don't really know. I think that the the dangerous collateral damage that could happen from this is what it could do in recruiting, where you could basically have 
these handshake agreements that, you know, uh, a car dealership in whatever town is going to give a guy a hundred thousand dollars to sponsor, you know, endorse his, his car dealership. And that's basically just an, a, a recruiting payment. There is that aspect of this, but at the end of the day, I think that that will police itself in a way. And these, the reality is these guys are getting paid right now as it is. A lot of them. A lot of college football players, they're getting paid under the table. I've talked to guys at schools, not Alabama, not USC, not Texas, not the big ones. I'm talking middle, middle programs in Power 5 who are getting paid by boosters and alumni, whether it's 100 bucks, 500 bucks to pop, it, it happens in college football. I think bringing it above board is good for everybody. And, you know, the, the, the most powerful programs will always thrive. But if you want to go to USC and make a lot of money and ride the bench, okay, I don't really see that happening. You can go to Utah, like you guys pointed out, and be a big-time player, and, and you'll, you'll see the benefits of that financially and, and also beyond is potentially you know, becoming an NFL player or a star in college. Josh, thank you very much as always. Enjoy the college football this weekend, and we'll catch you next week. You bet, guys. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell of Sirius XM Radio does college football show, also WFNZ in Charlotte, and uh, the College Football Country podcast. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa, Verizon, and XO customers. If you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385 420 8221. That number again, 385 420 8221. Maybe you're right, Jake. Maybe you're right. Maybe that it would have some sort of drastic effect, but maybe Josh had some interesting comments there. Uh, one thing's for sure is that this is going to lead to all kinds of discussion. Oh, it's coming it, to a head. Yeah, yeah, and, it and, is. And this really, if it is going to be, if it's going to revolutionize college sports, of course, Josh was essentially saying that it's already been revolutionized because payments are already being made of one sort or another. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yes, I understand that every life must end on. As we sit alone, I know someday we must go on. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I want to remind you, don't miss the great deals at the Utah RV Super Show, September 12th through the 15th at the Mountain America Expo Center. Visit UtahRVSuperShow.com for information and discount passes. And in fact, Gordon... We'll be there tomorrow. We are going to be there tomorrow, so you can come out and say hello to what us. What time does the RV show start? <laughs> uh, those RV super shows are pretty cool, though. They got a lot of stuff out there. Why do I smell dog food? Is that where that happened? Wasn't it? I don't. I just remember you asked what time does the RV show start, and we were like, uh, "You're at it right now. You're there. Know. It's it started." Mm. Yeah, that too. That happened as well. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, uh, joining us now, uh, they've been hanging out with us all day, nice enough. They are the co-hosts of the Jazz Fan Show each and every Saturday, most of the time on Saturday. We'll get to that yeah. in a second. But uh, Ryan and Kelby with us uh, once again, and uh, you guys uh, do a great job. Listen uh, whenever I can, but uh, want to remind people, Friday at 7 this week and Friday at 7 next week. Yep, and then also want to remind people, we are looking for some free labor. Right? I mean, Kelby has been working 30, 40 hours per week on the Jazz Fan Show. At the very least. Yes. That's why it's such I've been putting content. in. Indeed. Yeah. I've been putting in three or four hours a week, so I'm, I'm exhausted. So we got to get you down to about 10 or 15 minutes. We and, can do that, uh, yeah. And Kelby's can stay the same. Is that pretty much what you're, <laughs> That's what my you're thoughts. getting out there? If not increased, let's yeah. get real. <laughs> so what's the reward for whoever would be interested in such hey, a So thing? if somebody is interested in the Jazz or, or close to, to as much as we are this would be a good opportunity to just come chat with us there may be something that, that you could do come be a part of the show um, contribute that way we're also doing some fun stuff with our with our website um, but but really we haven't defined it it's not going to be something that's overwhelming but we decided it's about time I mean we're at 50 weeks it's time for it's time for a jazz fan show intern yeah, it's maybe, time to get maybe, real maybe somebody you could like make fun of yeah other than Kelby. Yeah. Other than Kelby. Oh, ripping on interns is what Gordon did for years. Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, it's it, you guys, it's it's not a bad way to get a glimpse inside the radio business as well because you guys have a beautiful studio and are, are part of the family here at The Zone, so it could be a, a really good opportunity for somebody out there that way too. And we really feel like I do personally feel like, you know, that's kind of how we got introduced as well. Like, you know, we've been coming here for three years now and, and in the beginning, you know, it's just kind of understanding and learning and seeing what you guys do and it's really fun. You know, it's a, it's it's good to see you kind of behind the curtain. There's obviously some work involved, but but you also get to talk about the jazz all the time uh, on the Which jazz. Is pretty fan sweet. Show. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with Which that. Which is why you did it in the first place. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, you guys do a lot of fun stuff and talk to a lot of fun people too. And in fact, uh, who has been? Well, maybe I shouldn't ask you to pick your favorite because you probably can't. But who's been the most interesting fan that you guys have talked to so far? Oh, man. I mean, Bruce Pitcher just stands out. I love and, Bruce. and we love him so much that he's going to be part of the show. It's hard to get to Bruce's level of, of fandom. I you know. know. The fact that he's placing bets for tattoos and permanent things, it's it's a crazy thing. But oh, we've done this for a long over time. two decades. Yeah, yeah, a very long time. In fact, uh, we used to do a, a call-in post-game show for the Jazz, and first caller every time. Our boy Bruce, you could set your watch to it. <laughs> Jazz Twitter is awesome time. too. Like, I mean, there's tons of social media out there, but Twitter seems to be where a lot of people are active. And so we have had just random fans that'll throw stuff at us that we'll invite to come on. And there's a lot of passion. And Gordon mentioned it earlier too. I mean, the excitement surrounding this year's teams off the charts. All right. So the next couple of weeks, it's going to be Friday at seven o'clock due to some conflicts with college football. But normally Saturdays at noon, it's the Jazz Fan Show brought to you by Tri Day Trading. Dot com. Ryan, Kelby, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. All right, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Ryan Leaf, host of uh, Believe in Pac-12 Football on the Believe Podcast Network. The conference, I believe, it, from top to bottom, is as competitive as any conference out there. And they just beat the hell out of each other and cannibalize one another. And it's not an excuse. My biggest qualm about the Pac-12 right now is the, their inability to win the games they're supposed to win. That they can't lose. You know, UCLA can't lose to Cincinnati. They can't lose to San Diego State. You know, Oregon State and Arizona can't lose to Hawaii. 
but that stuff can't happen. Uh, that's why I like that Utah is so highly ranked right now, and they continue to go up if they keep winning because they need to be in the conversation when the college football playoff committee starts putting out their picks. Otherwise, the Pac-12 just will not get noticed. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and Gordon, we've had, a, we've had a fun show today. We fit on a bunch of different stuff, basketball, football, the NCAA, gotten a little bit of a of a spat in the five o'clock hour. How's our relationship? We doing okay? That's fine, yeah. We're, we're, we're on friendly terms today? Because this is radio. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure. You never know. Well, you know that by now. Come on. Are you kidding me? We have had many arguments, and especially over that topic i i think we've had maybe hundreds over the years well i get what you were saying and uh, i i just don't know the overall effect of it that's all we'll see how it turns out but you're right man we've covered a lot of stuff to team usa the jazz the jazz players that are involved in the world cup play and what's bad news for team usa might not be bad news for the utah jazz uh, check out Gordon's column, sltrib.com. That's exactly what uh, Gordon wrote about. And, man, Rudy was really good. He was really good against Team USA. Dominated he's, that game. He was the best player on the floor. He's one of the best basketball players in the world. I mean, the the fact that he and Donovan Mitchell have not been all-stars yet, that's going to change. I, I might predict that it'll change this year. I think it should change this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll have to see. David Locke is is waving the flag that Rudy's a top 10 NBA player right now. You, well, when you are go you back, there? You, uh, I don't know. I'll have to go down the list. But obviously he is very influential. When you look at the effect he has on uh, on the Jazz's success, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Well, you know me, Gordon. I really value two-way players. And Rudy's really turning into a two-way player. Yeah, and that's and people think, well, if you're a two-way player, you must score a lot of points. It's not necessarily even scoring points, although he's been scoring more than what he averaged last year, 16, 17 Almost points? 17, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's increasing every year. What about all the, the screens the dude sets? You know, and how many points are collected out of that? I mean, his value is... Coaches, most of the coaches know. I mean, most of the basketball people know. But that's one of the reasons that it was so disturbing last year that Rudy was not added to the All-Star game uh, because uh, the coaches were the ones that were uh, adding the additional players. That was disappointing. Uh, You would have thought that, if anyone, they certainly would have uh, respected uh, Rudy. But what does it mean to become an all-star? Does it mean you're, you're, people are looking at you to go out and do all these whirly-durly kind of crazy things, out, you know, show your offensive prowess, and that Rudy Gobert would be out of place in that setting because nobody else is playing defense? I was just trying to just to prove our point real quick, and I know we've got to get up, get up out of here, but Rudy last year, 15.9 points per game, 12.9 rebounds, uh, two point three block shots. Uh, I, I thought, not even to mention how many shots he altered, and, by, and or how many shots weren't even taken because he's there. Well, I'm just saying, correct. But just take those stats as you will, right there. And then I was thinking of a maybe a comparable player who gets way more respect than Rudy does. Ben Wallace, the the Detroit Piston, 
who made I don't know how many All Star teams and was you know respected by everyone. He never had a year where he came anywhere close to those numbers. Nowhere near it. Well, the Jazz's success will uh, will uh, give uh, both of those players a big boost heading into as far as recognition goes. Ben Wallace's best year combined points and rebounds points nine point seven to go with twelve point two rebounds per game, and he averaged two point two blocks. No, not even in Rudy's class right there. <laughs> but yet nobody questions how good he yeah, is. Rudy's, All right. Rudy's just getting started. Big thanks to Austin. Big thanks to Josh Parcell, Frank Dolce. Thanks to you, Gordon. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks to all our listeners. Couldn't do it without you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.